0: I want to welcome you and thank you so much for joining me through this exciting series through the Old Testament book of Jonah. My name is Shigen Aigusi, and I am a pastor in New Jersey, United States, and uh, more than likely you will be seeing me soon in the city of Jos in Nigeria. Now, um, the book of Jonah has had a rather interesting impact on my life. In fact, I am convinced that one of the reasons why I am not a very good swimmer is because of this book of Jonah. Um, If you don't know anything about Jonah, uh, he is the Old Testament prophet whom God sent on a missionary assignment to a city called Nineveh but instead of going where God sent him Jonah tried to run away from God so that God had to send a giant fish to swallow him and bring him back on his assignment and so because of Jonah man I remember hearing a story growing up and because of Jonah I was terrified of going into the water whether I was at the beach or a swimming pool like when I'm at the beach I'm constantly wondering like I'm constantly watching instead of just enjoying Myself, I'm constantly watching to see if there's any large thing swimming towards me. In fact, when I'm at a swimming pool, I will oftentimes walk around the pool first to look in the deep end to make sure there's not some giant jellyfish waiting to swallow me. Um, but as you will find out, um, the book of Jonah, interestingly enough, it is not so much about Jonah, nor isn't even so much about this giant fish, but rather the book of Jonah is about the great love of God. The book of Jonah is about the great patience of God and how far God will go to draw lost people to himself. The book of Jonah is also about the great extent of God's power and how much God has all of creation at his disposal to accomplish anything that he sets his mind to. So, man, I I can't wait to jump into this book with you. I think we're going to have a fun time together as we learn about this Old Testament prophet and as we learn about the great love of God. So buckle up and let's go for a swim in the Old Testament book of Jonah. So I am a big movie fan like I love action movies and I especially like those movies that start off with a lot of action right like there's no explanation there's no slow dramatic introduction like as soon as the movie starts just boom like like there's action people are doing things I love those kinds of movies. You see, uh, the book of Jonah starts off sort of like that. Uh, Like when we open the first chapter in the book of Jonah, by the time we get to the third verse, we find Jonah. He's packed his bag. He's running and he's going somewhere. And and for a moment, we're like, hey, hey, slow down. Like, where are you going? Unfortunately for Jonah... Um, his running that we find him doing at the beginning of this book it is not a good thing because Jonah is actually running away from an assignment from God when we meet him in this first chapter so um, here 's I want to give you up front the big idea of this chapter right in fact, in all our five sessions, I will state for you a big idea that summarizes what the chapter is about, and so for today here 's our big idea that God's judgment is not meant to pay you back for your sin, but rather God's judgment or God's punishment is not meant to pay you back for your sin, but rather God's judgment is meant to bring you back from your sins. And we're going to observe this, or at least there are two occasions that we're going to observe this happening in Jonah's life in this first chapter of this book. The first time is when we find Jonah running away from God. And then the second time we're going to see this big idea play out is when Jonah gets caught up in a storm at sea in chapter one. So um, we're going to divide the book into two scenes. Pretend this chapter is an action movie. There's two scenes. So scene one is where Jonah is running away. Look at Jonah chapter one, verse one to three. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, And God said to him, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship that was bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So um, the first question that you have to ask when you read a book like this, when you read that intro is, why in the world is Jonah running? Where's he running to and and what's he running from? To answer that question, it, it will be helpful if you understand a little more about the city of Nineveh. You see, the city of Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria and Assyria was the largest empire in the world at the time of Jonah's life. Uh, not only was Assyria the largest empire at the world and the most powerful empire, but they were brutal, they were wicked, they were mean. In fact, when, when, when Assyria would conquer a city, um, they would not only destroy the city, but they would Torture its residents. They would make life miserable for them. They would do some really wicked things that I can't even begin to mention in this message, right? Um, In another place in the Bible, in the book of Nahum, chapter 3, verse 1 to 4, Nahum, the prophet, gives us some insight into just how bad the Ninevites were. Here's what Nahum says Nahum describes Nineveh as the city is filled with murder and lies, the city of blood. It goes on to explain that Nineveh, that there are countless casualties, there are heaps of bodies, dead bodies, so many bodies that people stumble over them. All of this because Nineveh enslaves nation by her prostitution and enslaves people by her witchcraft. So basically, if you're wondering, uh, Nineveh basically wins the award for the worst group of people on earth at the time of Jonah. And so when God wakes Jonah up one morning and sends him on an assignment, a missionary assignment to the Ninevites, Jonah was deeply angry and he didn't want to go. Uh, Not because the Ninevites were wicked. I mean, yes, that's true. But but Jonah did not want to go because Jonah understood that God's judgment, which he was to go preach to the Ninevites. Jonah understood that God's judgment would be conditional. And what I mean by that is this. Jonah knew that if he went to Nineveh and he preached God's judgment to them, Jonah knew that their hearts would be convicted. He knew that they would repent of their sins. He knew they would ask God to forgive them. And he knew, more importantly, that God would forgive them. And so Jonah is thinking to himself, are you kidding them? Like you're going to forgive them? You see, as as far as Jonah was concerned, God was the God of God of Israel and Israel only. The God of Israel, in Jonah's mind, he didn't want God to share his compassion with other people except for the Israelites. And so let's let's pause here for a second. Let's pause here for a second and ask ourselves some honest questions. Starting with this, is there anyone in your life or, or are there Groups of people um, that you despise, you, you can't stand or even you hate. I don't want to use that word, but are there people in your life that you despise, can't stand, hate so much that you would rather see them face judgment than God's mercy? Is there anyone in your life that you have a deep seated grudge against and you just can't let go of it? And I ask that question because, listen, um, if, if that describes you, then I would urge you to be careful. I would urge you to be careful because if you do, you're, you are starting to act like Jonah. And just so you know, that attitude in Jonah's life is not going to end well for him. In fact, let me show you visually. Let me show you visually on the screen just how bad Jonah is behaving. I mean, this is the man who's supposed to be God's prophet, right? Let me show you how bad he's behaving. I'm going to put up on the screen right now and a a map of the Middle East during Jonah's time. This is the map of the world during Jonah's time. And so right here, um, when God calls Jonah, Jonah is more than likely right here in Jerusalem, right? He's probably by the temple in Jerusalem. And, And so God calls him to go on a missionary assignment to the city of Nineveh, which is right here. But instead, Jonah gets on a boat in a place called Joppa, which is right there. And, and you, want know, you want to know where Tarshish is? That way. Right? And you're just like, where are you? Like, like somebody should give Jonah the award of the worst prophet ever. Like that's the opposite direction of the very mission that God's calling you to go on. And it's ridiculous, right, for Jonah to do this, because as a prophet of God who knows God's word, Jonah understands. He knows that God owns earth. Like there is no place on earth where you can run to to hide from God's presence. One of my favorite quotes is by uh, a pastor, an older pastor. Actually, he's dead now, but a pastor named Abraham Cooper. And he says this. He says, there is not a square inch. There is not a square inch. In the whole domain of our human existence, over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. You see, Jonah was just completely blinded to that. He knew it, but he had just shut his mind off because of his anger at them. And, and Jonah was trying to run away from God because he wanted God to Pay the Ninevites back in judgment for their sin, whereas God was sending Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach judgment, but in order to bring them back from their sin. Jonah clearly ignored this truth and he ran away from God. It's why we find him in chapter one, the third verse running away and listen. His running away is going to get him in some serious trouble. So that was scene one. Jonah's running away. Let's change directions now. Look at scene two when our sin gets us in trouble. Look at Jonah chapter one, verse four to six. It says, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. Remember, Jonah has run on a boat. He's trying to get away from God. It says the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each one cried out to his own God. In fact, they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. And so the captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up. Call upon your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Man, there's a lot going on in this in this section here uh, that's worth paying attention to. First of all, uh, the thing I want to point out is this. Notice that because of Jonah's disobedience, um, he has endangered. He has brought in trouble these sailors who have nothing to do with him. Because the storm that they were facing at sea, this was no ordinary storm. It was a God sent storm. It was sudden. It was huge. It was dramatic. It was violent, shaking the boat so so violently that it actually scared the sailors. I mean, these guys were just going about their lives, taking a passenger like Jonah, not knowing that his sin was going to create problems for them, and in fact, here's the worst part of this. You know what verse five says? Verse five says, Jonah, while everyone is terrified on top, Jonah went to the lower deck and he was in deep sleep. The guy who caused the trouble. I was thinking about this and I was thinking about how bad it would have been on the boat for these men. Now, we obviously don't have video footage of Jonah's ship, but I went online, I went on YouTube, and I was looking around uh, at at, uh, videos of ships that were caught up in a violent storm at sea. I want to show you about 10 second footage of a tanker at sea that's just being battered by waves, and I want to show you another footage of somebody in a boat where the waves are rough and get a sense of just how bad things would have been on that boat. Check this out. Me. My is fine. Christ, I don't wow. like this listing thing. It's like being on top of a, a building Sorry. looking down, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God. That is quite scary, isn't it? Now, think about Jonah's boat. Jonah's boat was much smaller than the ones you just saw in this video. So imagine how much worse, how much more terrifying it would have been on that boat for those men. So I think it's a good time to make this point, And it's this that if you want to disobey God, um, if you want to just rebel against God, listen, there will always be a boat ready to take you to your final destination. But be careful. Be careful because you are not going to like where you end up and your disobedience will almost always affect the people around you. Sin has a way of creating a ripple effect. It's never just about you. It always impacts everyone else. Think about Adam and Eve because of their one sin. It's created this ripple effect of sin through every generation. And so think about your life now. Um, What What has God what has God been calling you to to step out of, uh, to stop doing, to stop being involved in or or perhaps the opposite? What has God told you to step into that you've been fighting him and not wanting to do? Where has God called you to go that you don't want to go? Where is your Nineveh that you're running away from or that you've turned the opposite way to run away from? Wherever that wrong direction is, may I urge you to turn back. May I urge you to turn back, especially if if people are coming around you and giving you counsel and say, hey, listen, that's not wise. That's not smart. The direction you're going, if there's counsel coming around you that's saying it's not wise, perhaps you should listen to wise counsel. And even if that ends up getting you in some serious trouble, remember this, that God's judgment or God's punishment in your life is not designed to pay you back for your sin, but rather it's to bring you back from your sin. And that's what we're going to see happen to Jonah as we continue. Now, um, we're actually going to press pause in in this story right now. We're going to continue in the next session. However, what I want to do is this, um, because we want to find out what happens to Jonah after he gets on that boat. Right. It's not going to be pretty, but we'll get there. But what I want to do right now is I want to um, guide us through how to turn back to God if you have been acting like Jonah. Like, how do you turn back to God if you've been living in rebellion? If you've been living in sin and you're starting to recognize that where I'm going is not good, how do you turn back to God? Well, there is one word I want you to remember. That's what will guide us here, and it's the word confession. Confession. This is what you do when you've run away from God. First, John chapter 1, verse 9 to 10, the scripture says, If we confess our sins, He, that is God, is faithful. He is just, and He will forgive us. Our sins and purify us like wash us off of our unrighteousness but if we claim that we have not sinned we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us and so the Bible is explaining to us like when you're at that point where you want to turn your heart back to God it starts with you personal time with God where you simply just confess your known sin in prayer to God Willful sin, confess it to God or even the things you're not even aware of, just admit it. Now, in your confession, be as specific as possible. Not because God doesn't know what your sin is, but so that you can completely feel like you laid everything down before God. In your prayers of confession, admit to God what tempted you so that you fell into sin. Admit to God what you actually did and then admit to God how you may have tried to hide your sin or cover your sin. So, when you do all of that, that's confession. The next thing is you want to ask God to forgive you and then thank Him by faith for forgiving you. You confess, you ask for forgiveness, you thank Him for forgiving you. And Scripture says this that if you do that, Scripture says God is faithful. In other words, God will see through his end. God is faithful. He is just and he will forgive you of your sin. And I love that. I love that next part. It says he will cleanse you. He will he will wash you clean of all unrighteousness. Now, after you've done all of that, this part is important, just as important as the rest of it. But it's this um, live each day after you've confessed, you thanked God um, live each day in confidence. That God heard you and God forgave you. I shared that with you because what all, what often happens when we confess our sin to God, we have a very real enemy called Satan. And Satan will whisper in your mind, did God really forgive you? Has he really forgotten? He's going to bring it back up again. You're not really forgiven. And the enemy will keep whispering lies to you that you're not forgiven. You, however, have to walk by faith, believing what the scripture says in 1 John 1, 9, that if you confess, God is faithful and will forgive you for your sin. And so you walk each day believing and holding on to that truth that you are forgiven. And as you do, remember this. And we're going to find Jonah himself declare this, that God is a gracious God. God is a compassionate God. Scripture says he is slow to anger and abounding in love. So that even if you experience his judgment on your life, understand, even if you experience his punishment, understand that God's intention in judgment or punishment is not to pay you back for your sin, but rather God's intention is to bring you back from your sin and to draw you closer to his heart. And so I pray that you hold on to that message. I pray that uh, as you go home this evening, you spend time confessing, receiving, thanking God and walking in that confidence. Love you guys. And I will catch you in session two. God bless you.